earlier this year, we launched Kingdom Builders, and Kingdom Builders is uh, just basically just helps simplify our giving and generosity to make a greater change in the whole world. And uh, we made the decision as a church earlier this year uh, that starting January 1st, 2023, that New Life Church was going to give 10% of all of our church's income, and we're going to give it to missions. And basically, I went to our leadership team here at the church, and I, and I asked them, it was uh, a little over a year ago, it was October of 2022, and I asked them, I said, if somebody in our church came to us and said, should I tithe, what would we tell them? And of course, everyone around the table said, well, we would tell them they should tithe. God will bless their life. I said, I agree. And then I said, what if they asked us, when should I start tithing? What would we tell them? And all around the table, the, our leaders said, well, we would tell them they should start right now. I said, oh, I agree. But what if someone said, um, what if I cannot afford to tithe right now? What would we tell them then? Well, we, I think we would tell them that tithing is a principle that you have to align your life to. So you have to change things around and align your life to putting God first in the tithe. And then once you have that, and maybe you start small, but you take steps to align your life to being a tither. I said, I agree. And I, and I looked around the table of our leaders here at New Life, and I said, I think that New Life Church, starting 2023, I want to give 10% of all of our church's income, and I want to give it away to missions as a tithe unto the Lord. And the whole table said, yes. And then immediately it was kind of like a, but How? I said, well, all the things that we just talked about, and we did that starting January 1st. And, and church, I would just want to tell you, I've been your pastor for four years, and if you were with us four years ago when we came, then you would remember the state that New Life Church was in. You may not know this, and if you're new here, you wouldn't know this, but the day I became the pastor, the general fund of New Life Church was in a $19,000 deficit, the day I became the pastor four years ago. And the Lord has done miraculous things. And we have seen growth in souls saved. And we've seen growth in people coming to new life, being discipled, joining teams. And even financially, it takes money to move the ministry. And the vision of New Life Church only moves at the speed of our generosity, you see. But God has been so faithful to his word. He says, test me in this. In 2023, when we made the decision, we stepped out in faith, we didn't have the extra 10% to give. We just said, we, we just believe in the principles that God has placed in the earth. He says to trust him and to test him in this, and we did. In 2023 will be the greatest financial year since for the last four years that I've been here. The greatest. And, uh, um, and we don't know why. I don't, I don't look to know why. I, I already know why. It's awesome. And in doing so, then we, we also launched something called Kingdom Builders. And so we said, okay, we're going to give, um, you know, we, re, we return the tithe to the Lord, but what do we do with the, with the more? What do we do with when we, we give over and above? And we launched Kingdom Builders. And you'll see the book in front of you the last few weeks. And Kingdom Builders is our vision, and it has three lanes, global, local, and future change. And in the Kingdom Builders booklet, you'll see, and we'll look at it later on in the service, the, our projects that we have selected to help build the kingdom of God in those three lanes, 
locally, globally, and for future generations. And, uh, and so now we return the tithe to the Lord, and we give over and above to kingdom builders, which, bring, which does those three things. And so we have, in 2023, we launched a $100,000 vision to accomplish this kingdom builders in these three lanes, locally, globally, and for the future. Jeremiah 22:16 it says, he took care of the poor and the afflicted, and that's how you know me, declares the Lord. It's really the only place in the Bible where God specifically says that what it means to know him. He says, you took care of the poor and the afflicted, and that's what it means to know me, declares the Lord. When I stumbled on that verse years ago, it just changed everything about my life. And, and wanting to be someone that puts God first in all areas of my life. And so today is our miracle offering. And essentially, we are saying, God, do a miracle. Let's continue this miracle in our kingdom builders giving. The miracle offering goes 100% to funding our kingdom builders vision for 2023. And what I want to say to you this morning is that for this miracle today, I know that the miracle is in the room. The miracle is in the room. Everyone here today at some point in your life or another has an opportunity to change the world. Me? Yeah, even you can change the world. Because if in 2 Kings chapter 4, if there was a widow with her last drop of oil and her last bit of flour, she needed a miracle. Because her plan was, I'm going to bake one last loaf of bread and my son and I are going to eat it. And because of the famine, when the bread is gone, we will just die together. The prophet Elijah shows up. He says, give me the first and the oil and flour will never run dry. She responded. And the miracle, she needed a miracle. And when she searched the house, the miracle was already in the room. It was with what she already had. Add faith. And so if, a, if, and if we, to this day, thousands of years later, are still talking about this little widow's faith, each and every one of us will have an opportunity to help change the world. There's a miracle in the house today, church. You see, we know that God's vision is a God's vision if it's bigger than ourselves. We know that vision is God's vision if it's something that you just can't let go and we just can't stop thinking about global, local, future change. <clears throat> the vision is God's vision if it's something we're willing to sacrifice for. I want to look at Matthew chapter 25 it's the parable of the talents. And this is what it says in verse 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. And when it says it will be like, Jesus is telling a parable of what the kingdom of God is. And in the kingdom of God, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his servants with his wealth. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. 
Then after he went on his journey, the man who received five bags of gold went, watch this, at once and put his master's money to work and he gained five bags more. <coughs> Excuse me. So also, the one with two bags went and gained two more bags. But the man who received one bag, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. <coughs> and we go on, verse uh, 19. <coughs> After a long time, how, how much time? A long time. Their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they used his money. Imagine this. How would you use my money? Hmm. The servant whom he entrusted the five bags came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who, he, who received the two bags of silver <coughs> came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I earned two more. And the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate, and I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. So look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they were given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what little they, uh, they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. I don't know about you, but that story has been troubling me all week long as I think about this. And the question that I want to pose to us today is what will you do with what you have been given? What will you do with what you have been given? I think it's fair to say that we have all been given different amounts. We all have been given maybe different skill sets. Some of us have maybe been given different levels of wealth. Some of us have been given different uh, 
attitudes and responsibilities in life? But what will you do with what you have been given? Did you use what God gave you to make the world a better place and to partner with the risen Christ to bring the kingdom of heaven here? Or did you bury your talent in the earth? What did you do with what you've been given? I don't know about you, but people often say, and maybe you've heard this before, but how could your God be true with all the suffering in the world? Have you ever heard this question? How could your God be true with all the suffering in the world? I personally think that the only way that God is the failure is if he withheld the resources to fix the world. But yet... Did God withhold the resources or did somebody bury something? Did God withhold the resources and say, figure it out, you're a lost cause? Or did God truly provide the resources to fix the world, but somebody buried something? According to Forbes magazine, the richest 40 people in the world have $1.4 trillion. That is more money than the world's gross domestic product minus the top 12 nations. That's a lot of cash. But but check this out. The richest 1% in the world today have more than $110 trillion. The forecast for the 2023 world gross domestic product is $105 trillion. And, and so what that means is all of the product and services for, 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 for sale, all of the goods in the entire world, entire world in 2023, is less money than the money that's held by the top 1% in the world. In other words, this means that the richest 1% of the world has enough money to maintain the entire global economy at its current pace without hurting themselves. And some think that God is the failure? Or did somebody bury something? The richest 85 people in the world. There's more than 85 people in this room. There's probably twice as that in this room. So we could look around the room and easily pick out 85 people. The richest 85 people in the world have the same amount of money as the bottom 3.5 billion people. Is God the failure? Or did somebody bury something? What if the richest 85 people in the world decided to partner with God to help make the world a better place. Wow. But what if they bury it? Now, does that make you mad? Well, it shouldn't make you mad. It shouldn't. Because it's really none of our business what other people do with their money. 
But what if the richest 100,000 people partnered with God to help make the world a better place? What about the richest 200,000, 500,000? What if the richest 700,000 people in the world today decided to partner with God to make the world a better place? Now, I've been told that if you drove a car here today, a working vehicle, that you are in the richest 8% of the entire world. We forget how good we have it in America. We forget that, that somebody buried something. If you drove here today and you left your second car at home, you, you are the top 1% of the world. You may not be the top 1% of Kokomo, <laughs> but you are the top 1% of the world. I'm not done yet. When you drive your car from church today back to where you left your second car, and you walk into your house, and your house is built with a concrete foundation, you are the richest 0.1% of the world. Of the world. We are the people that are called to unbury our talent. So did God withhold the resources to fix the world, or did somebody bury something? People ask all the time, where's God? Where's God? And I think God is asking, where's my people? Because he's the master that he left. He went on a trip and he entrusted his people with his riches. And he will come back someday. And we will have to give an account for what we did, with what we've, for what we've done, with what we've been given. You see, some may think, when I die and stand before God someday, I'm going to be judged for my sin. If you don't know Christ, that is true. And I hope that story changes for you. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you won't be judged for your sin. Jesus already took the judgment. Thank God. But we will stand before God and be judged with what we did with his son. With what we did with what we've been giving. And that should shape our world. We will stand and, and, and account for that. So what are you doing with what you've been given? God is not the failure for why the world is broken. We live in a broken world. There is the reality of sin and its consequences. But everything that, that needs to take place to fix the world, Jesus accomplished on the cross. He said, it is finished. And now God's greatest idea to fix the world is his church. 
this is why we as a church, we do this thing we call kingdom builders. Because we don't want to bury what we've been given. We want to make a difference with what we have. Did God withhold the resources to fix the world? Or did somebody bury something? I don't want to stand before God someday and say, but Lord, um, man, what a great run that was. Living on earth, what a great run I had. I had some great cars, and I had a good nest egg, and, you know, it was great. And I also don't think it's responsible to not take care of your family. I'm not saying that. But what does your life revolve around? Does our life revolve around temporary pleasure? And if we are honest today, we are so blessed that we don't even know, we're almost cursed by how blessed we are in America. We're so blessed that we lose perspective that, and, and we live in a culture. Remember, we just finished this series called Counterculture. Our culture and where we live in our daily context is driven by temporary pleasure. And if we're not careful, we'll lose kingdom perspective of eternal difference that we can make together. Does our life revolve around temporary pleasure or does it revolve around God's redemptive plan for the whole world? Now, I love a good steak. I love a good steak. I've never been one of those that have gone and paid for a $90 steak meal. I just imagine it's got to be good. Or else I definitely want my money back. But I do love a good steak. I love, uh, I love grilling my own steak. I like it and choosing my cut. I like a ribeye. I heard that. I like a New York strip. I like to get that thing, I lay it out on the counter. The trick is to let that thing sit on the counter for at least an hour so it cooks more evenly. A little, and it's simple, a little olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little rosemary. You let that baby just sit and come to room temperature. You get your grill flaming hot, as hot as you can get it. You slap that thing on the grill. Two minutes, quarter turn. You get the, the diamond hash marks. Two minutes, flip it. Two minutes, quarter turn. Diamond hash marks, like the yard. You know what I'm saying. And it should feel nice and you know how you do the tenderness trick? I don't know if you know that trick. Look it up, okay? You don't want to cut it and let all the stuff out. You just want to you know, do, the, do the tenderness. 
off the grill. Ten minutes, let it rest. Melt in your mouth, baby. So good. I love a good steak. I love a good steak. But four hours later, it wants out. It's temporary. And I'll be hungry again. I can appreciate a nice car. I love that I have a car. But man, sometimes my boys and I, when we were riding around town, we'd be like, ooh, look. Ooh, look. Ooh, look at that. There's a C8. We love going to car shows. My favorite car is a Shelby Cobra. Yeah. Beautiful. I think it is a masterpiece. I appreciate a good car. I like nice cars. But next year there will be a new, newer model. It's only temporary. I heard a story of a guy that bought a brand new Porsche. Brand new. Wrecked it the next night. Totaled it. It's temporary. Six figures in a car. Temporary. I like fun experiences. I like having those memories with my family of times that we've maybe traveled or had a good vacation. But those, are, those always end when you come back home. And now it's just a memory. I love it. But it is temporary. I wish I could figure out how to be on vacation every day. But it's meant to be temporary because God's called us to work. It's temporary. But what does your life revolve around? When was the last time, Americans, when was the last time that we denied ourselves some kind of pleasure, some kind of pleasure-seeking in order to give sacrificially for those that can't help themselves? It's a challenging question I've been asking myself this week. When's the last time I said, you know what? I know it's very, that's a simple thing, like, but let's, let's just eat a sandwich at home and we'll give the difference. I, I know that's just a simple, self-seeking, pleasurable thing, but let's, can, let's, can we give sacrificially? I know Christmas is coming up. This is my wife and I's conversation about our miracle offering. We know Christmas is coming up, but before we do anything self-seeking, let's give sacrificially. When was the last time you denied your own pleasure for the sake of someone else? In other words, when was the last time that you decided, I'm going to unbury something? What have you done with what you have been given? What are you doing with what you have been given? And I, I say this this morning for us to, to recognize that as a church, collaboratively together, we have an opportunity every year 
to make local, global, and future impact through kingdom builders. And, and this morning, through our miracle offering. That there are those that cannot help themselves. And we can be a small part of that solution. I want to, to, to show you again the projects that we have chosen for Kingdom Builders in 2023. And, 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 and in our local category, we have our marketplace food pantry that Kingdom Builders is, is our vision to see to it that the, our marketplace food pantry here at New Life Church can always be funded. It takes a lot of funding to fund our, our local, uh, our, our personal, right here in New Life Church, our food pantry. It takes more funds to fund that ministry than any of our other ministries in the church. So we just begin to ask, how do we keep it funded? Well, Kingdom Builders is, will fund the food. When you give the Kingdom Builders, you help fund this so we can continue next year and the year after that. On Thursday, just a few days ago, we had our drive through food pantry with our partner, Food Finders. 211? 211 families drove through our parking lot for the drive through food pantry. Twice a month on Tuesdays, our incredible serve team that serves at the food pantry twice a week on Tuesdays uh, serve at least 50 families, Miss Patty? 61 this past week, families. And they can come once a month on the, one of those two times. So we're serving over 100 families through the Marketplace Food Pantry. That's because you gave to Kingdom Builders. We have some building initiatives to keep up the house of God. So we can continue to gather, not just for, but for another 65 years maybe, or until Jesus comes back. Valley of Grace is a men's recovery center, helping men get through uh, uh, addiction issues. Valley of Grace is a ministry right here in Kokomo. <coughs> they, 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 they house 12 men at a time for a 90-day recovery program that is Christ-centered. I get to go there every month and speak in their chapel services. They have chapel every single night. And they're helping these men get set free from the bondage of addiction without help from the state, without, without, um, without, um, uh, without um, prescription-type help. The only prescription is Jesus. And that's right here in Kokomo. Our mercy fund is, is how we help families when they're in need. And when a family comes and maybe their water got shut off or they need help on rent, our mercy fund is how they can uh, get benevolence in that way. Globally, <coughs> these are our partners globally. Convoy Hope today will feed 512,000 children around the world today. I have had the pleasure to be on Convoy Hope field teams in Haiti, where we are partnered with an Assemblies of God church in Haiti that is run by a national pastor there in Haiti, and they have a school where we helped build their school. We had a, we, our church had a five-year plan. We sent teams twice a year to continue building onto their school where 1,100 kids walk to that school every day, not because they love school, because they love getting fed at the end of school. And Convoy Hope's feeding program helped make that happen. 
They're doing that all around the world. Convoy Hope is also our partner in disaster relief. Earlier in the year, through our kingdom builders, we gave uh, when the war at Ukraine first began. Convoy of Hope was sneaking into Ukraine to help the innocent, to help those with food, water, and shelter. And just last month, with the crisis in the Middle East, Convoy Hope reached out to us and said, we finally have a plan to, make, to get food, water, supplies, and aid to the innocent in the Middle East on both sides of the border. And our kingdom builders said yes to that. I want you to know that when you gave the kingdom builders this year, you're in Ukraine, you're in the Middle East right now, in Israel, in Palestine. I want you to know that when you gave the kingdom builders through our partner, Convoy Hope, children are going to be fed today all around the world. Our partner, Project Rescue, this was the focus of our Easter offering. Every Easter we give Jesus a gift, because the word says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto him. We chose Project Rescue, our Kingdom Builders project for Easter. Project Rescue is helping women and children all around the world being rescued from the sex slave industry. We specifically focused in on Madrid, Spain, (coughs) and helping the women that are enslaved in Madrid. Speed the Light is a Sons of God giving our teens, when they give the kingdom builders, our teenagers are giving towards Speed the Light. And Speed the Light does a number of things, and I have a video here in a second that we will watch uh, to give us a highlight of one of the things Speed the Light does, but the idea is to help speed the gospel in places where it is the darkest. The Assemblies of God, which is our network of churches, Speed the Light is unique because it provides missionaries with vehicles, PA systems, and, and also a focus on clean water into areas in Africa. The Fire Bible is being translated into languages that the Bible has never been translated into before. But it's a study Bible with a Pentecostal uh, uh, perspective. BGMC, uh, Boys and Girls Missionary Club. That's how I remember it. Um, but that is helping equip missionaries with Uh, curriculum and things all around the world to help teach and train children. And when our kids give in Kids Church, they're helping give to BGMC. Project 42 is helping get missionaries to the 42% of the world that has yet to know the name of Jesus. So they really focus on, on kind of expediting missionaries' process and funding to get to those areas. Our category future is always about the next generation. And this is helping get our kids and teens to camps and youth conventions because these are precious moments that kids, and yeah, my, my guy right here, he just was with us at youth convention last weekend. Did God touch your life last weekend, Hayden? Yeah, he did. We're making an impact on the future generations when we give the kingdom builders and in our miracle offering. I want to show you the progress we've made in this so far this year. If you look, you'll see that these are the areas of our kingdom builders this year that have been fully funded. Can we give God some praise for that? Come on. (laughs) Valley of Grace, Project Rescue, Fire Bible, Project 42, Kids and Teens, fully 
fully funded. I love to highlight this, Project Rescue, it says funded plus. Because <clears throat> in our, our Easter offering, our church responded with such generosity towards Project Rescue that we fully funded our vision for Project Rescue. And then an outside organization said, what was so inspired by your giving that they said, we will match it an additional $10,000 to Project Rescue. Our $15,000 offering to Project Rescue miraculously became $25,000 to Project Rescue because somebody unburied something. It's awesome. It's awesome. I want you to just take a look at one of our projects, one of our partners in our Kingdom Builders, which is Speed the Light. Take a look at this quick video. Water is life. Having clean drinking water is something that most of us in the United States take for granted. At the turn of a faucet, you can rinse your dishes, take a shower, and make a refreshing glass of iced tea. But imagine life without clean water, where you have to travel hours on foot in the hot sun just to find a muddy trench filled with stagnant rainwater. Insects have laid their eggs in it. Your livestock drink from it. It is diseased with animal feces and urine, but it's the best you got to bring home to your children and family. Water determines quality of life. Water is essential. Water is life. And water is the vehicle which the gospel is being spread in Africa. Over the next few years, Speed the Light has made the commitment to spread the gospel through unconventional means. We are bringing physical water along with the living water of Jesus Christ to completely transform these desperate villages in Africa. Your Speed the Light money will make it possible for WorldServe to strategically dig wells just like this one next to churches. These churches then become powerful oasis centers in which water provides sanitation, restores dignity, and changes lives for all eternity. Will you help? Speed the Light is calling you, along with thousands of students across America, to end the water crisis in Africa once and for all, bringing the gospel to the most remote places so that every person may find life in Jesus Christ. What have you done with what you've been given? You see, in the kingdom of God, it's not a summation of what I've done, like addition. It's the ratio of what I've done with what I've been given. You'll never be compared to somebody else. You don't have to outdo Mother Teresa. You'll never, you're never asked to give an account for what you've done in this life compared to what somebody else has done in this life. You're asked to give an account to what you've done with what you've been given. It's not addition, it's a ratio. God has not withheld the resources to fix the world. Somebody buried something. 
there is plentiful evidence that we are nearing the last days and the master is returning. And when we see the master at his coming or we see the master at our going, we settle accounts with him. And the master will not judge you for your sin. Jesus did that. He paid for it. But we will be judged based upon what we did with what we've been given. Did we partner with God in the redemptive power of the gospel to make the world a better place? Or for our temporary pleasures, we decided to bury something. God did not withhold the resources to fix the world. We've called this offering the miracle offering. And here's what I know. Our miracle offering today isn't a specific amount. We have no goal in mind. But what I know is that the miracle is in the room. The miracle is in the room. What will we do with what we have been given? You are God's plan to change the world. And in many ways, we get to do that. I'm not telling you today, I'm not telling you what to give. I'm not, I'm not even asking you to give. But I am asking you this. What will you do with what you have been given? This could be a moment for someone today to be set free from your temporal living and selfishness and unbury something and join God in his redemptive work for the entire world. The miracle today is in this room. What will you do with what you have been given? If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes, let's stand to our feet. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I want you to know today that this message this morning is not, it's not a pastor trying to squeeze money out of people. It's not a single dollar is going to stay in this house. This goes to our kingdom builders. This message today is really a challenge in what it is to be a follower of Jesus. That he has entrusted us with our ability, with our skills, our talents. He's entrusted us with his wealth. More than just this offering, what are you doing with what you've been given? Maybe you felt God has been calling you to serve in some way. Maybe you feel like God has been placing somebody on your heart and your mind that you know you need to go extend grace and forgiveness to. Maybe someone, God has been telling you there is a neighbor, a coworker that you need to start build relationship with and that you need to give them the gospel. What are you doing? What are we doing? with what we have been given. So Father, I just pray that right now your Holy Spirit would convict our hearts. Like this has been so convicting for me this week as I have wrestled with this message. In all the ways, Lord, I think of what you have given me. According to the world standards, 
I may not be the richest man, but I am wealthy. I am, I am wealthy, God, because you are my provider. You're my caretaker. Everything I have, material possession, it's, it's been because of you. I have a healthy family. You've placed a calling on our life. Every person here, God, you've placed a calling on their life. And that calling is a treasure. Not to be buried, but to be active in global change. But Lord, right here today, this morning, we want to partner with the risen Christ and its redemptive power to bring life change and transformation through the whole world, locally, globally, and for the future. You didn't withhold your resources to fix the world. And we don't want to be a people that buried something. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one last song this morning. We're going to collect our miracle offering. Remember, it's not an addition issue. It's not, it's not a measurement tool. It's a ratio of what are we doing with what we've been given. I know for me in moments like this, God gives me an impression on my heart of what he's asking me to do. And, and, and so you, you can just take that moment and pray and maybe take the hand of your spouse and pray together. We're going to sing one last song. And then, um, uh, and, and right now, the, we'll have our ushers come forward. If, you, if you're prepared to give in person, you can do that. If it's easier for you to give online, you can use that QR code on the envelope in front of you. Just make sure online you select Miracle Offering. And if you don't feel inclined to give at all, there is no judgment here today. This message could only be for me. That's okay with me. I've already given online. So God gave me that number, and Jenny and I said yes to it. And uh, uh, so, Father, what we do in this moment, it's between us and you. But I pray that what happens in the room, I know there's a miracle in the room. The miracle of the widow who gave two mites, it wasn't in the amount. The miracle, God, was in her obedience and her heart to bring change. She probably needed it the most, and she gave a small amount. I pray for the children that will be impacted by our miracle offering because they'll have a meal. I pray for those that will drink clean water, that they will find the living water. I pray for our, the guests that walk into our local food pantry, that they will meet our serve team and see the love of Jesus on them. I pray for our young people, our fu the future generation, the church of right now, that this is an investment into them. The miracle is in the room. So the worship team is going to begin to sing. Lord, we'll place on, upon our hearts what you'll have us do in Jesus' name.